Hello, and welcome to a Special Hope podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Brody. Have you ever met someone for the first time and feel like you've been close friends for years? You've never spoken together before, but something just clicks and you become instant friends? That's what happened when I met today's guest, Jen Sainlin. Jen and I met at Inclusion Fusion Live, which is a conference for special needs families and ministry leaders. It is held in Bay Village, Ohio. It's presented by Key Ministry. You can find out more information about the conference by going to keyministry.org. Jen and I met there. She was um, just there by herself and I was there by myself. And me being the person who likes to make new friends and meet new people, and apparently Jen is the same way. So we struck up conversation and decided to hit up Chick-fil-A together. So that was a pretty fun excursion, wouldn't you say? (laughs) It was fun. It was great to connect with someone, have a kindred spirit, and just really share about our journeys and, and also what we were learning at the conference. It was a great time. It was. It was a lot of fun. And so mm-hmm. Jen's going to be there again this year, as am I. So I'm thinking we're going to need to make another Chick-fil-A run for sure. Um, I'm up for that. Sounds good to me. Awesome. So Jen is a middle school English teacher. She's a writer and mother to two sons whom she describes as precious little lads who are precious blessings and who both have special needs. Her heart is to share encouragement and God's truth with moms who are also traveling the special needs parenting journey. When she's not busy taking her boys to yet another appointment, she enjoys hiking, reading, writing, and blogging on her website at embracing.life. So don't go to embracinglife.com. It's embracing.life. So Jen, welcome to A Special Hope. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we're so glad to have you. So tell me about your kids. Tell okay. me their ages and um, uh, diagnoses and mm-hmm. um, just a little bit. Just tell me about your kids, what they like to do, who they are as people, mm-hmm. what you love most about them. Okay, so my oldest son is eight. He's in second grade this year. He was born with a hearing loss, and um, that was the only diagnosis we knew about for a while. But as he developed, we began realizing he was missing milestones. So we started physical therapy. Before long, we realized that he wasn't talking, battling, anything like that. So we started speech therapy. And then before long, we added occupational therapy. Before we started really understanding what was going on with him, um, he has a diagnosis called apraxia of speech. So that requires a lot of uh, intensive speech therapy to learn how to talk. Um, It basically affects his motor planning with speech, but also with fine motor and gross motor. So there was just a lot of therapies there. He also has sensory processing and auditory, different, lots of different, you know, processing issues, auditory and visual and sensory processing. My younger son, he's two years younger. He's six. He's in first grade this year. Um, He is on the autism spectrum. It took a little while to get that diagnosis, but we suspected it pretty early on because of a lot of sensory issues and and that kind of thing. My older son, he is my little engineer, my scientist, um, loves Legos and understanding how the world works. And he's also very into social justice, um, making sure everything's fair and, and wondering why women get paid less and why there's more women teachers. And and he was devastated to learn that Martin Luther King Jr. was dead because he wanted to, <laughs> to be able to meet him and talk to him about racism. 
Um, he's just got a very sweet heart and he wants to understand how the world works and he wants to grow up to be an engineer, he says. Wow. Um, and what are and, your kids' names? Uh, Ethan is my older son. Okay. Ethan. And then my younger son is Alex and he he's very into telling stories. He like draws comics. Um, um, he's just a storyteller and he, he likes attention. He's very dramatic. Um, yeah, so that's what, you know, the positive, the strengths and the passions that they have and the things I love about them. They both have sweethearts and, um, yeah, that's my kids in a nutshell. They're Ethan and Alex. Ethan and Alex. Mm -hmm. So Ethan is the one who's really into the social justice. Yes, he is. Wow. So mm -hmm. how do you think that came about? I do not know. I really don't. <laughs> I think that's just his heart. I think I, that's how God made him is. Um, he's very aware of his own differences, I think, mm -hmm. and then that helps him be more sensitive to others. Wow. Um, yeah, it's just very interesting to see how his mind works. And honestly, we haven't learned this until like the last two or three years because he wasn't talking for such a long time. Right. He didn't say his first words till he was four and then we started talking in two word phrases at five. So it's really just been the last two years that we've really known what he's even thinking about and... It's been exciting to see who he is and what, you know, what he's been thinking about all this time. You could see his mind working. We just right. didn't know what was going on. Yeah, it's fun to see the, the wheels kind of turning in their, in their heads. And you're like, oh, right. they're working on something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's something just happening don't know there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> just not sure what. And so your youngest son, uh, Alex, uh, uh -huh. so do you think he might be doing theater at some point or <laughs> any kind of dramatic? Uh, very dramatic. He, yeah, he loves drawing comic books and like he loves the Captain Underpants and Dogman books, you, you know, those comics. Yes. And so he's, he's writing his own, very dramatic. That's um, fun. Yeah. My youngest son also does, he writes his own comics, he writes his own books. On Amazon, there are hardback books that are blank that they can create their own book which is really 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 cool um and, yeah that's what we have yes, him. he loves yeah them. he loves that well we should totally trade i've always thought you know okay. maybe maybe he'll be like one of those kid authors or something you never know you never know that's really mm -hmm. awesome so tell me more about your journey with special needs and uh, the diagnoses and just everything that you've gone through and whatever you would like to share about your journey Okay, so like I said, my older son, Ethan, we knew about his first diagnosis when he was born because they did the newborn hearing screening. Right. So we knew he had a severe hearing loss in his right ear um, from the very beginning. And then uh, he has cousins who are like a few months older and a few months younger than him. And so that really helped me to see where he was at developmentally and how he compared to them. Mm -hmm. Um and so I was talking to the pediatrician about, well, he's not even rolling over and his cousins are sitting up and crawling and whatnot. And so we were doing physical therapy and speech therapy, and then we felt like God called us to move. So we, we moved. I was pregnant with Alex at the time when we moved, and it was right after we moved, which there's already enough stress with moving and finding new therapists oh, and, yes. you know, a new church and all that other stuff. Definitely. Um, but then I had some complications with my pregnancy with Alex, and um, so it just was a very hard time emotionally and spiritually for us. My parents were nearby, which was great. They were a great help, but... Um, I started struggling a little bit with my faith at that time, wondering 
why things were so complicated. And it was around that time that we got Ethan's diagnosis of the apraxia, mm -hmm. um, uh, which was, in a way, it was good because we finally knew what was going on and how to help him. But it was also very discouraging because we knew it was going to be a long journey of of learning how to talk and, and a lot of speech therapy and and that kind of thing. Um, right. And then, and then Alex was born, and he had a few issues that we were concerned about, a lot of sensory issues. So he was starting occupational therapy when he was just a few months old. So I was taking two kids to these therapy appointments, and we're trying to figure out what's going on with them. And I still hadn't made a lot of friends, you know, in our new state, and we were struggling to find a new church. So it just was a very lonely time. And my husband and I were you know, we had our struggles too, being the only two really there for each other. And yet we were dealing with our, you know, our emotions, realizing that our kids were struggling, you know, the grief that comes with realizing that your kids aren't the way you dreamed that they would be, if that makes sense. I know just a little bit about that. <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. a little. Yes, absolutely. So tell me more about your faith. How, how did your faith how is it challenged? Okay. Well, um, I grew up in church and loved church and viewed him as, you know, my friend and I love him. And, and um, But then when all these things kept happening, I started questioning if God was good, like I had always imagined him to be because life was a lot harder than I was expecting it to be. Mm -hmm. And I kept praying for certain things to happen and they weren't. And so I did, I did go through like a crisis of faith where I, I wavered between is God really good to e I even questioned if God did exist because it was like, well, where is he? I'm not seeing him. I'm not hearing from him. He's not the God that I always imagined he was type thing. Right. And then there's, but then things would happen. I'd hear a sermon or a video or a devotional that would encourage me and remind me to stay rooted in my faith and keep praying and keep trusting to, to know that there was a plan in all of this. Right. Did you feel that uh, growing up or even early on before special needs became a part of your life, that being a Christian meant having an easy life and that's why things were harder and maybe challenged you more? Like, did you have a preconceived mm -hmm. notion? I think everybody kind of does, actually, to be yeah. honest. So, you know, I'm not calling you out. I think everyone <laughs> has this thing where, oh, well, you know, God is a good God and he loves me and therefore mm -hmm. everything has to be wonderful all the time. And then when life just does not go that way, it mm -hmm. really shakes us. That is true. I mean, I, I knew that life is hard and challenging and that there will always be things that come up. Um, I have a lot of family members who have different health issues and chronic pain and those type of things. I grew up seeing that. So um, I knew life wasn't always, you know, daisies and roses type thing. But I also saw how like following God, yeah, it was hard. You look at all the Bible heroes, you know, they went through hard things too, a lot of hard things. But you also saw how God used them and how there was blessing in that. And so I think that's what I was looking for was like just like a short little time period of stress. And then I'd see the blessing and things getting better and how God used that hard time, if that makes sense. 
Yes, yeah. That's absolutely. what I was looking for. <laughs> absolutely. Yes. Right. And the going through the hard time though, it's the part where like, wait a minute. <laughs> wait just a minute. I'm not so sure about this. But right. I'm gonna be doing a Bible study on Joseph coming up here in a little bit and mm-hmm. and the name of the study I get it right is something about shattered dreams mm-hmm. you know that you know standing strong when your dreams are shattered something along those lines and it's a study on joseph and thinking about his storyline and how he was you know how he was treated by his brothers and sold into slavery i mean there's how in right. the world is any of this going to turn out for good mm-hmm. we have to go through the hard things to to even know what blessing is you know yeah so true mm-hmm I was going to say that after, after all that, you know, hard time, um, my, my husband invited us or like suggested that we go to the beach for a week. (laughs) And I thought he was crazy because it's like our kids have (laughs) special needs. They don't, they both freak out of the water in their faces. I don't know how they'll do with sand. They're like not talking, you know, I was like, Yeah, I was like, this is not going to be a fun trip, but he was very insistent. And so I was like, okay, if that's what you really want to do, we'll do it. And so we went on this trip. The boys were four and two at the time. Okay. It was like our first family vacation in like a really long time since Alex had been born. Wow. Because, you know, we'd been doing therapies and moving and life was busy and whatnot. So anyway, we, we went to the beach and it's not like it was the most amazing, incredible time. It was hard with a four-year-old and a two-year-old with special needs. But we saw both boys start to say a few words. You know, we saw them playing in the water and not freaking out so much about water in their faces. I saw my older son jump into the pool into his daddy's arms. Like, we saw the beauty in it. My husband and I reconnected. It was a great time. And then we realized it was time to pack up and go back home. And I literally had a panic attack. Like, I was so hesitant, like so afraid of going back to our life of therapies and busyness and stress and, you know, constantly researching things that I had a panic attack. And so my husband said, why don't you go out to the beach and just process your feelings and thoughts and what's going on? And so I went out to the beach and um, just spent time (laughs) crying and thinking and praying. And I asked God what he was doing and what he wanted from me. And it was, it was the first time in a few years that I had, I felt the, an answer and it was so unique that I, I knew it had to be from God and not me. And it was him saying embrace, like that word embrace was just dropped in my heart. Wow. And I was like, well, what am I supposed to embrace here? Right. <laughs> I was trying to let go of everything and you're telling me to yeah. embrace. What in the world yeah. are you talking about? Right. And so I just, I sat there on the beach and it was just idea after idea of things that I needed to embrace came to my mind, like embracing my children. And, and but I'd gotten so focused on their milestones or like how far behind they were and their weaknesses and their therapies that I wasn't embracing my children for who they were and their passions and their gifts and how God created them to be. I wasn't embracing my life. I wasn't embracing my husband the way I should be, you know, like journeying together. Um, And so anyway, on and on, it went all these things in my life that I needed to embrace. And that was life transforming and spiritually transforming for me. Um, And so that's when I started the blog. 
embracing dot life because yeah embracing dot embracing life.com was taken so anyway i did embracing dot life and anyway um that's when things really began to change for me because my perspective had changed and um that was just a beautiful moment with god you know right so in your book embracing the special life tell me about the core message behind it you felt god talking to you on the beach that Mm -hmm. You needed to embrace things and not focus so much on on all the negatives. And maybe I'm taking your thunder here. Um, so tell me more about the the core message of embracing the special life. I like how you have it organized in the book, where there's a um, a section about releasing mm-hmm. and then a section about embracing. So give me some examples of what you talk about in your book. Okay, so yes, the first chapter starts with that that story I just told you on the beach where God told me to embrace things. And all those things that God was telling me I needed to embrace ended up becoming a chapter in the book. So there's a chapter about, you know, embracing the special needs journey that God has us on. Um, a chapter about embracing ourselves as moms because we can be so hard on ourselves and constantly feel like we're we're not doing enough or, or we should have done things differently. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Oh, absolutely. We're, you're a failure. You yes. can't do anything right. You're always yeah. late. What's mm-hmm. wrong with you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's the chapter about embracing our husbands and, and how we may be going through the grief process, you know, of special needs parenting differently um, and, and desiring to raise our kids differently, but how, you know, how we're still, still supposed to be a team. Um, there's a chapter about embracing our children, not just focusing on their skills and their weaknesses and their diagnoses, but on their hearts. Uh, you know, like that passage from uh, Samuel where he said that man looks at outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Um, I think it's really easy for us to look at our our kids' actions and their skill set and, and, and compare them to other kids rather than focusing on how God made our children. Um, so anyway, I was writing these chapters about things that we needed to embrace in, in this special life, as I called it. I felt like that was the, you know, the name that God gave me for the book. But then I realized you can't just keep embracing all of this stuff in life without also letting go of the things that are not good for you to be holding on to. So then I began alternating the chapters, something we needed to embrace with something we needed to release. You know, we needed to release any anger and bitterness and, and the unhealthy grief we may have toward God or others. Uh, we needed to release our own expectations about how we expected our life to go and our children to be. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you real quick about mm-hmm. the releasing the mm-hmm. the grief and what you said, unhealthy grief. Mm-hmm. Tell me more about what you mean by unhealthy grief. Okay. Grief is healthy and it is normal. You know, when, when things are, are hard, when things are disappointment, it's okay to grieve. It is okay. It's healthy for us. But if you get stuck in that grief and, and you can't let it go and move on and trust that God has good for you beyond that, then it becomes unhealthy and right. it, it'll lead to depression or um, things of that nature that are that are just not healthy for us. Right. Um, it's okay to grieve, but we're not supposed to stay stuck in it. Right. We can't stay there. And I think we talked about that when we first met, um, about the grief that we experience. And 
you know, something that I, I've always told new parents, or rather parents with new diagnoses for their kids, you know, that it's okay to grieve. You can visit, but you can't live there. You know, you, you can't set up camp and, mm-hmm. and stay there. Right. Um, so I so appreciate that you recognize that and that you encourage people. Yes, it's okay to grieve because people need to understand moms and dads alike, grandparents, siblings, caregivers of any kind. Everyone needs to realize that it is okay to grieve those things, but it can turn into an unhealthy thing if we're not careful. So I so appreciate that, that you address that in your book. Well, I was just going to add to that, that we will, we will continually go through cycles of grief in our journey. Like something, you, you know, you might think like life is good and, or, you know, things get better, but then something will happen and it triggers that grief cycle all over again. Like when, when my son gets yet another diagnosis, I'll kind of go into that grief cycle again. And, um, and then, you know, you just, you just have to move through you know, the stages of grief and then get back to that place of trusting God again and having that, that special hope, you know. Sure. And what is a practical way that, that we can do that? You know, if we recognize in ourselves, okay, I've been grieving, I'm, I'm, I am stuck mm-hmm. and I feel like I can't get out. Mm-hmm. What would you say to the parents? You know, maybe there's a mom out there who's just, I just feel stuck and I don't mm-hmm. know how to you know, to go back home. I don't, I don't know how mm-hmm. to get back to the land of, of the living, to the land of trusting God again. Mm-hmm. What are some practical things that, that you can share? I think for me, a big part of it was perspective, like where I shared that God gave me the perspective of embracing life because there are good things in life. Mm-hmm. And so if you choose to focus on those good things, the, the blessings that you have in your life, it, it will help you to see the good and to experience the good that you have in your life. And also, I think a lot about the, the passage where Jesus said that he came to give us an abundant life. Mm. And sometimes we think that means an easy life. Right. <laughs> At least I always think that. Um, but, I mean, like we said before, we, we know from our heroes in the Bible that they didn't have an easy life, but they had an abundant life because... God was in it, and they experienced blessings in it. And so just realizing that the abundant life isn't going to be easy, but it's going to be full of good things. And so if we're focused on those good things and those blessings, and that there's a plan and a purpose in everything, mm. that's, what, that's what gives you hope to, to keep going, to know that there's a plan and there's a purpose. And you just have to keep putting one foot in front of the other and keep trusting. And then that's easier to say than to do. Right. But it's just, a, it's a mindset of being intentional and seeing the good and continuing to move on. And I think a lot of it is also living in the moment. We tend to live in the past and remember how things were or to, to worry a lot about the future. But if you just live in the right now and you see what you have right in front of you, that really does help you to get out of that place of grief and, and to really start to enjoy what you have in life again. Yeah. Do you ever journal? I do every day. Every day. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Way better than... <laughs> I mean, not like I used to when I was talking about when things were really stressful, but I do every day because it really helps me get my mindset right. It's more like I'm writing out prayers to God in my journal. Mm. 
And so I can go back and see what I was struggling with before and how God has helped me with it and also just process my feelings. Right. It's a testament to God's faithfulness as you read what you've written before and where you were then and and where you are now. Um, Mm -hmm. I also, uh, I don't journal every day like you, but um, (laughs) there are times when when I just need to get everything out. And so I'm just writing and it feels like I'm writing for days and I end up writing, you know, pages and pages and, and they are kind of prayers to God. And so I like what you said about being intentional. So marrying these ideas of being intentional and and journaling, writing these things out, looking for the, the positive things and the good and the blessings that are right in front of us. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I think that it's important to write those things down because when you, are in the dark again, you know, when the grief overcomes you again, and it and it does it maybe not as often and maybe not as long, but it does still come and go. Mm-hmm. And you never know when you're going to end up there again. And so if you can write things down and remember, you know, the things that are beautiful, the things that are good, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. whatever is true, whatever is good, whatever is right, you know, think on these things. Mm-hmm. So to write out the the things that that our kids do that that made us laugh. I mean like really made you laugh. And mm-hmm. to write those things out, to write it down when I I remember there was um there've been a couple of times when after dinner I realized nobody fought. Nobody argued. Yeah. Like not yeah. one of them had a problem with what the other one said. No one got upset. It was a really great dinner and we had good dinner conversation. And I know Mm -hmm. that most, you know, typical families don't even have that, you know, most of the time, you know, I, I I understand that, but it's just a little different with, with families like ours. So to recognize we had a really great dinner and to write, write it down and remember Mm -hmm. and, and talk about it and tell other people, oh my goodness, this happened and celebrate the little victories along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think being intentional, what you said about being intentional is so important to being able to remember those things. And that does help us come out of the grief when it comes again and to be able to to be excited about what each new day is going to bring. Mm-hmm. So tell me about your, and you've kind of touched on this a little bit, but tell me about the special hope that you have. What is it that keeps you going? What is it that that has solidified your faith again? What special hope do you share with others? That's a really good question. <laughs> um, I think about how for the longest time I was asking God why. Like, why me? Why my kids? Why is this happening? And I, I realized that by doing that, I was viewing myself as a better God than God, if that makes sense. Yes. Like that I would be doing things differently than him. Right. And so I have learned to change my question from why to what. You know, what do you want me to learn from this? Mm. What are you doing in this moment? And when you have that mindset, you, you see God's hand in what's going on. You see how he's moving. And it, it may take a while to see it. Like maybe you look back and you see it. But when you have that mindset of being open to what God is doing rather than questioning him, mm. it really helps you to see 
that he is with you and he is he does have a plan and and it may not be anywhere near the plan you had but you start to see how it's touching other people how other people are being impacted by your life so like i have friends and family members who have told me like the story i tell them has encouraged them and they're not even special needs parents right or um that i was able to start the blog that's because i was open to to the what, what is God doing, rather than the questioning why. And by having that mindset, I don't. that just gives me hope that there's a plan, that there really is a plan and a purpose, and that I'm being open to it wherever God would lead me. And like I said, with my son, I see, I see how his awareness of his own differences makes him aware of other people's and, and that kind mm-hmm. of thing. So that, that gives me a lot of hope, just knowing that God has a plan and there's a purpose and there's a reason. And I may not even see all of it in my lifetime. Right. That's another thing I keep thinking about. Like I think about Ruth and we, we always talk about how, you know, she was faithful and then she got to be the great, great grandmother of David. But I don't know if she actually got to see that, you right. know, um, she experienced the loss of her husband and moving to a new place and a lot of struggles. I don't know if she saw the whole big picture like we do. Right. And so that's something that gives me hope too that, I mean, of course I'd love to see what God is doing in my lifetime, but God has a plan. And, and I, that's what gives me hope is that mm. just that I can be a little part of it and my kids can be a part of it, that God's using all of our struggles. You know, that gives me hope. Right. Yeah. He's, he's doing something beautiful that we can't quite see. We just, we're just a little piece of the puzzle right now. Mm-hmm. I love that. And, and two, it reminds me of, um, or just gave me the thought that, you know, in journaling to write out your whys, you know, write out all those questions, mm-hmm. but then, but then mm-hmm. turn it and write out the what, you know, put the whys aside and write down the what, mm-hmm. what is God showing me through this? Because we're not going mm-hmm. to have all of our questions answered. We probably won't. I mean, there might be a few people who, oh, I asked God why and he gave me an answer. But for the, for the vast majority right. of us, we don't, we don't get that. So um, I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love that. It's beautiful. Jen, thanks so much for being on the show and for sharing your heart with us. You've given much needed, beautiful encouragement. That's such an encouragement to, to my heart. And I, I hope it is for our listeners as well. I look forward to seeing you at Inclusion Fusion Live in a few months. We'll hit up Chick-fil-A. We'll get together. I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and letting me share my story. And I look forward to seeing you. That'll be fun. Absolutely. Thanks so much. If you'd like to connect with Jen, you can find her on Facebook at Embracing This Special Life. You can also find her on Twitter at Jen Sainlin. That's spelled J-E-N-N-S-O-E-H-N-L-I-N. She's also on Instagram at Jen Embracing Life. Don't forget to check out her book, Embracing This Special Life on Amazon, or find the link on her website, which is embracing.life. All of these links will be made available in the show notes and on the website, so please check those out. I'm your host, Sarah Brody, and this is A Special Hope. You can find our website at hopeinautism.com slash Podcast. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram at A Special Hope Podcast. And my Twitter handle is at A Special Hope Pod. I'd love to connect with you on social media and hear your comments. And you can also email me anytime at A Special Hope Podcast at hopeinautism.com. Thanks so much for listening today. I hope your heart has been encouraged. Join me next time on March 15th for more of A Special Hope.